Welcome to the Mexico Business Now podcast. This is A View from the Top, an open space for industry experts to share knowledge, information, and expertise on the most relevant topics, events, and happenings on their corresponding sectors. Welcome, everyone, to the newest edition of the Mexico Business Now podcast. I'm your host, Sofia Hanna, and here with us today is Mauricio Gomez, president and co-founder of Fluid Attacks. Since 2001, Fluid Attacks has been developing technology focused on cybersecurity. They offer application security solutions to companies in various industries, including banking, finance, technology, healthcare, insurance, manufacturing, and airline. Fluid Attacks helps its clients manage their cybersecurity risk, thus ensuring that the systems critical to their operations are safe for their users. Fluid Attacks security experts specialize in continuous hacking on apps, infrastructure and sources coding, covering all software development stages and more. Mauricio, thank you so much for joining us in this podcast. We're so happy to have you here. Sofia, thank you very much for having me here. It's my pleasure. Of course. Before starting with all of the questions we have planned for you, and I think they're very interesting because we're going to be talking about cybersecurity issues, I wanted to give you the space, Mauricio, so that you can introduce fluid attacks in your own words, your role within the company, and a little about yourself. Okay, thank you. Fluid Attack is an IT security company. We perform security testing, pen testing, and ethical hacking within into the software development lifecycle. Fluid Attacks cover several regions from Canada to Chile, no Brazil so far. The same thing with Venezuela. We're covering, as you already mentioned, different industries like banking, financial, technology, healthcare, insurance, manufacturing, and airlines for sure. So basically, creating technology from Latin America to the world. Regarding me, I have confounded through the attacks, 22 years working in cybersecurity space, mostly on the business development side, relocating to the U.S. six years ago to help the expansion for our business in the United States. Currently, I work as a chairman. I am in charge of the investment relationship for the company. Perfect, Mauricio. Thank you so much for that introduction. So let's get right to it. I wanted to begin asking you in a bootstrapping context, what key strategies can startups in the cybersecurity industry employ to overcome resource constraints and achieve rapid growth? Okay, the first thing that I would say is the value proposition needs to solve real problem. The market will award you with cash flow to keep going. This is the first thing. The next thing is watching over unit economic growth on ARR, growth margin, churn rate of clients, net retention rate, and rule of fury. That means growth plus EBITDA should be above 40%. Choose the right business model. How do you charge for your customer? What is your driver that you choose that will be center of the, your business model? For example, in Fluid Attacks, we have two easy drivers. One of them is we charge by application, by how many developers build your technology. And this is our driver. It's too simple to quantify. So another thing is select your business partners. Be open to offer share to the right people. If they have the talent that help your business to excel and win the market, go for it. Never, never, never charge by hour. Time should never be the driver metric for charging your customer. And the final idea is growth is not always the goal. There is no point in always looking for growth if the company is not profitable Today, investors not only care about growth, they care about healthy business. Can you explain to me very quickly what continuous hacking is? Because I don't 
think many people really know what it is. Continuous hacking is, is like a video, it's not our photo. It's the same thing, Sofia. You are a journalist, right? When you are creating your own article, your own reporter, your own notes, you could be making some mistake or misspelling or typing something wrongly. And you have your editor and that we're able to say, hey, Sophia, here you have several things that you need to fix before to post your note into the newspaper, for example. Continuous hacking is the same thing. The developer start to write the source code and make commit to the repository, right? And through the tax, review that little portion code in order to say, developer, here you injected that vulnerability, please don't use that the library because it's already reported as unsafe. Or here you, somebody can't introduce something into the code as you don't make something to control it. So we provide feedback to the developer in order to fix a sub every single vulnerability. But it's continuous. It's a unlimited cycle of security testing all the time. We are constantly review their source code when the developer team is create their technology. Perfect, Mauricio. Thank you so much. And I think something that's very relevant right now within the cybersecurity industry are the ethical considerations of a lot of the things that are being managed to keep companies safe. So what ethical considerations and potential conflicts of interest arise when organizations conduct continuous hacking? That I said that that is something mentioned within the fluid attacks environment to test application security while development is ongoing. I love that question. Sophia, there is an industry problem. Technology is built in a business model that are charged by hours. That makes the developer team build their own technology, right? But this guy make some mistake. One mistake could be a functional mistake, but if you are built some feature in your software and that feature is not working, the developer fixes. Simple, right? But when the developer writing the source code and that guy make another kind of mistake like quality insurance or security, they don't pay for it. So the question will be, who is accountable to respond for this kind of mistake? The customer at the end of the day need to pay to hire another company to looking for, for a quality insurance issues or even for security issues. This is the one issue that we have in our industry. The main ethical consideration when we are doing continuous hacking is the organization hire security testing. They know that security issues and they are reported by a security testing company for some reason or negligences. So that means we reported the vulnerability, we reported all the vulnerabilities, but the customer don't fix it for any reason. Capacity, knowledge, budget, for any reason. But if you perform security testing and you know your vulnerabilities, you must fix it. But it's not always true. Okay, another thing is so the business needs to prevail over the security needs. For example, there might be pressure from other areas, normally commercial areas, to push from the software developer team in order to, hey, we need to release something so quickly, right? But that has vulnerabilities. So the right way to do that is 
fix the vulnerability, be sure that you have no any vulnerability in the application, and after that, put on running on internet face, for example. But the IT teams have some pressure to release something ASAP. Another thing is the organization tend to alternate between ethical hacking providers. That means if we attacks was hired to perform security testing. We create a very uh, amazing project. We find a lot of vulnerabilities, but suddenly there another team that you tested their application feel blamed or pointed. And for the next round, they try to change you for another provider that say less or find less than you've already find. This constrained the organization for sure, but I keep safe my job. So this is a hard balance that we have there. Another consideration is regarding technology, the company make a huge investment, for example, in SOC. SOC is Security Operations Center, but when we hack the system, we skip that control. So we navigate through the technology, through the infrastructure, right? without any detection from the SOC security operations center. So in the next round, they want to change it for the same reason. Here we have a very huge investment by you hacking. So I prefer less skills, mediocre pen tester to pass your security test. Lastly, it's too common that companies do not want to share the source code for testing purposes. It's too funny. Let me explain something. What is the different way that bad guys come into your system? We have three technical layers plus human beings. Number one, source code. Second one, the application on running. And the third one is the infrastructure. So when we perform security testing, we tested all of them in order to find all vulnerabilities. But we find some customer, another paradigm, and they get nervous when the hacker asks to review the source code. So it's something like I have a very great comparison for that is you are building a jail. If somebody watch the plans, that means the jail will be insecure. That is not true. We need the source code. Many mistakes is injected into the source code. For example, as you know, sometimes we need to communicate data application A with application B. And we have a secure method to communicate, to authenticate the application A with the application B. But some creative developer inject the credential into the source code and say, username equal something, password equal something. So you can see the credential, username and password born into the source code. If somebody is able to watch the source code, voila, you have a credential to log in into the system. This is very common situation. I love it, Mauricio, and especially I love your comparison to building a jail because I think that makes it very clear. One, one more thing here is mm -hmm. the most relevant secure software has the source code public, make the source code public. For example, a software that encrypt information is a public source code. Everyone can review, test, probe the source code. 
And the algorithm is strong by itself, not by dark. Perfect, Mauricio. Now, as security integration becomes increasingly crucial, like you are mentioning, you have mentioned a few of them, but what innovative methodologies or tools are emerging to streamline this process and ensure the development of secure applications? Sophia, the, the technology is not perfect. The first point. The second point, the only one actor that we able to hack system is the human being. So for this reason, you need to combine human knowledge with technology to find all vulnerabilities into the surface attack. Source code, application and running, and their infrastructure as well. This is the first point. And do that into the software developer lifecycle. The second one, use artificial intelligence to help companies to be more efficient with certain tasks. For example, in flu attacks, artificial intelligence helps to hacking team to prioritize the files they should be evaluated first. This helps them be faster when we perform security testing. At the same time, it helps to leave the least vulnerable files for the end to the end, as they are last important from the hack. And today, perform software development in methodologies like Agile or Dexacop are the right development method to help teams aim for security. Perfect, Mauricio. And considering the dynamic nature of cybersecurity threats, how do organizations ensure that the security solutions they develop through self-investment remain adaptable and resilient in the face of evolving attack vectors? Because as we know, a thousand new attacks come in every day, but we still have to be capable to defend ourselves from the old ones, no? Only one thing is the commonplace, but I agree with that. Only one thing, the team. To create a company, you need two things, a problem to solve and a team to help to solve it. In our experience, the team has been the one that marked a difference in achieve our goal. Choose always the right people. And don't forget, we find the next quote in several books. Hire slow to choose the right people and fire fast when needed. Thank you, Mauricio. And leading to our last question from the ones I had planned for you before going into asking you your recommendations, in addition to financial investment, what other forms of self-investment are, are crucial for individuals and organizations looking to excel in the field of cybersecurity? How do these investments contribute to the overall success? Okay, good question. Sophia, everyone needs a boss. Even if you create your own company, you need, you must need a boss. That means make secure your company has an independence board from the beginning. That is the best mentoring that you can have. Another thing is do ESOP, Employment Stock Option Plan. Invite the right employees to be part of the journey if their contributions are crucial for the business expansion. A lot of people is focus on making money. Focus instead on solving a problem for society and enjoy the journey. Money will be a consequence if you help your clients. Finally, get support from a local agency, from a public and private sector that help you build networking with other companies and other countries that is helpful for, besides the money. 
I love that, Mauricio, because especially right now, I think you're very right on mentioning that people are not enjoying the journey. Like we're only focused on making money, as you were mentioning. But if we're doing things right and if we're passionate about what we're doing, mm -hmm. I think that money is just the consequence of having fun and being passionate on what we're doing. So I really love that. And I think that goes perfect with the question I was going to ask next. I think this is great advice that you just gave. But I don't know if you have another piece of advice you would like to give people who are listening to this podcast. I thought a lot on that question. Our answer will be avoid the temptation of diversifying your portfolio. Focus on one product. Don't think too much and keep going. That is interesting because most investment agencies would say the contrary, you know, that you need to diversify your portfolio. Why do you think we should just focus on one? Just focus. Don't have distraction. Ah, okay, okay. This is the point. This is the point. You have a limited financial resources and you want to split in several products. Establish a great value proposition and that makes the difference. You need to solve one problem at the same time. Very nice, Mauricio. I think that's great advice and it's very yeah. different from what we usually get. So thank you so much yeah, for that. Yeah, we, I know, I know. We, we are crazy, but we enjoy it. <laughs> that's why things are going so well because you have crazy ideas and you focus on them no <laughs> perfect and just as my last question if you could recommend podcasts or books or any sort of media along the lines of what we've discussed today what would you recommend okay our recommendation will be for the emerging strategy from alejandro salazar there is a podcast also about his book it's very very great as entrepreneur or a startup, that guy has a different point of view regarding the strategy. Listen and read them. Suddenly you can get new ideas from your startup, from your company. Thank you, Mauricio. Those were all the questions I had prepared for you today. However, I always like to leave some space in the end so that you can give one final statement, something that you think is the most relevant thing to keep in mind after our conversation, something that you think our listeners should better understand or keep in mind after this episode. Sophia, believe in yourself, create technology, and have fun. Money, unique economics, will be a consequence for your great job. That will be my quote for today. Perfect, Mauricio. I think that is the best way to end our interview today. I want to thank you so much for your time and for sharing your insights with us. I had a great time, and I think it was very interesting, everything you shared with us. So thank you so much. Thank you so much, too. I already enjoyed the conversation. And thank you again for having me here. Of course, anytime, Mauricio. And for everyone listening to the Mexico Business Now podcast, go check out our other episodes, what Fluid Attacks is doing on their social media, their website, and all of the other things that Mauricio was mentioning. And don't forget to follow us, leave a rating and a review on whichever streaming platform you're using to listen to this podcast. And we'll see you next Monday with a new View from the Top. Bye.